Hi, and welcome to the Property Mom podcast. I'm Dolapo, and I'm what you'd call a property entrepreneur, which means I've found multiple ways to create and earn income through property, as well as build long-term wealth to support my lifestyle and achieve my goals. And one of which is to spend time with my two wonderful kids who are five and three. This podcast is pretty much for anyone looking to get into property, build a portfolio of owned or managed properties, and build long-term wealth, whether as a side business or if you want to eventually quit your job and run your own business full-time. You're definitely in the right place. Here you'll find discussions, ideas, and strategies for UK property investing. I'll be inviting guests as well to share their own experiences and to educate us. Now, today's episode is super interesting as I chat with the incredibly talented TJ Atkinson, whose fame and fortune as the essay guru. He talks about how he's gotten into this strategy, his experiences in property, including some really bizarre stories. But he also talks deep about how it's all shaped his journey, especially the difficult and unpredictable times during the lockdown. It's a truly fun and engaging episode, and certainly you'll pick some great tips on how to survive in this business. So do enjoy, and I'll catch you at the end of this episode. I've heard so much about you, so... I hope hope good stuff only. Well! Oh! (laughs) (laughs) We're joking. Of course, all good stuff. But first of all, TJ, like, what does TJ stand for? Let's even start with Tolu Jacob. Tolu Jacob. Tolu Jacob. Okay. Because I wasn't sure where you came from, where you're Jamaican. Oh, I look fully fully Nigerian. I don't know how people get that wrong. I'm a fully Nigerian, born and bred. Fully Nigerian guy. I'm not born and bred, but yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool. So really, really excited to talk to you, especially about your journey, you know, when you started, how you got into it. And then I'll throw a few curveball questions as well because i've been through your profile and i saw a few things and i was like oh really that happened <laughs> like <laughs> really exciting stuff yeah. so just to let the listeners know uh, tj atkinson yes and you specialize in rent to rent service accommodation that's absolutely that's how we all know you yes. so tell us more about how you got down sort of work, got into that space Cool. But it depends how long you've got. So one thing you're going to pick up from me is I like to talk. I love the sound of my voice, not because I'm crazy or a narcissist. I just like to give so much. And it's usually in a short space of time. But I fell into property. So I had a recruitment business that was doing incredibly well, doing well in London, persuaded my business partner on no basis to move to Germany. So we moved to Germany because I was actually in love with a girl that I'd met, but I pretended to him that it would make sense to move there. So we moved the business there. It grew. It was doing incredible. We made some mistakes, which caused the business to fall flat on the face. And I don't hide that because I think it's important to tell people about the mistakes because everyone always talks about, yeah, yeah, I'm rich. I'm rich. I made money. But what about the processes that got you there? So business was doing great. We didn't know what we were doing. We were just two young boys who happened to be good at sales, who happened to be good in recruitment and we grew it. But what you don't know is what you don't know. And those things come back and bite you in the bum. And um, it's interesting that we're both mentors. So we understand the power of getting someone to help us to the, to, to learn the things that we don't know. Because you really don't. Yeah. So yeah. If you don't know something, you don't know. So you carry on living your life quite blindly. And um, the entire business came crashing down. I moved back into my mum's basement, into a garage. And um, she threatened me one day. 
Now, if you're a Nigerian parent, so whenever I put on my events and I get people in the room, I say, hey, who's a parent in here? Raise your hand. And they all get excited thinking I'm going to give them a gift or I'm going to give them something. And I say, I've got a big, massive bone to pick with every single parent in here. Because most parents still go down this route of my child has to be a lawyer, an accountant, Mm -hmm. or a doctor, or an engineer. Mm -hmm. And my mum came into the room after I had had a big, massive failed business, and I'm sulking and crying. And she walked into the room, didn't knock on the door, just said, hey, listen, enough crying, get up or get out. And I was like, but mum, you're supposed to hug me and tell me it's going to be okay. But that was her expression. That was her way of saying, look... I've seen that you're capable, you've done well. This one business doesn't define you, you can do it again. So either fix yourself up, find something else to do, or just stop crying around the house. At that so, point, yeah, go so ahead. In that sort of place where you're like in the valley, weren't you? Where you just had this big high yes. and then you just found yourself right at and the bottom. It's a very, very difficult place to get out of, which is one of the reasons why I speak to parents when I have my, my, my programs and I'm saying, your job fundamentally is to support mm-hmm. your child. Yeah. Simple as simple. Your job, if, you sh- if they're showing prospect in something, not if your child is sitting around at 3 p.m. on a Monday and saying they want to become a footballer. If your child wakes up every single morning and says, Mom, Dad, this is what I'm doing, and they're showing you prospects, mm-hmm. your job is simply to support them. And that's yeah. what my mum has done at every single opportunity because I've shown prospect. Because yeah. she knows it's a horse worth backing. It's a race that I'm going to finish. Mm-hmm. So I started hanging around with one of my cousins, and um, he was hanging around with some Asian guys. We're hanging out in their house. They've got a big, massive million pound house. I'm sneaking through their house thinking, what the heck is this? Wow, what is this? Like, this is a mansion. And then I got speaking to the father and I realized that he was in property. Mm -hmm. He owned about 40 plus properties in and around London. One day he pulled me aside and he said, I have an opportunity for you. I've heard your story. I've heard you've made money. I've heard you've lost money. I heard you're looking for an opportunity. And I just read that book by Richard Branson. So he said to me, do you want an opportunity? And I'd read Richard's book saying, if someone offers you an opportunity, literally, and you don't know what they're... Absolutely. I say, the answer to everything is yes. It's simple. (laughs) Simple as that. And I've learned to adopt that in my life now. Before anything, I say yes. And as Richard said, I'll go and figure it out later. So he said to me, "Do do you know how to manage properties? I said, heck yes. So I ran home, jumped on Google, how to become an estate agent. And that's where Airbnb came up. So I took the 20 properties that he had given me to manage and I placed them on Airbnb. Within the first month, this was 2013, 2014, within the first month, we'd made around 30,000 pounds. I put all the money, transferred it from PayPal to my account, went in the bank, took out all the money, put it in my rucksack, jumped on several buses, went all the way to his house and I said, bam, there's your money. He counted every single thing, took out 3,000 pounds, gave me 10% of it and said, that's yours. I said, pardon me? No, 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 I don't want it. I don't want to touch it. I don't want any money from you. I'm just doing this because my mom said, I better do something or get out. Yeah. And he said something. He said, listen, this is your money. And guess what I did? I called my mom because I felt pressured. Yeah. I said, mom, listen, I think I'm in trouble. I'm in this man's house. He's telling me I've got to take this money. And I'm saying, mom, I think I'm being set up. My mom, being my biggest supporter, got on the phone to Mr. Yusuf. He said, listen, why are you trying to give my son money? Why are you trying to get my son? I don't understand. You didn't even get the concept of getting an agent fee for doing all that. I work. didn't know. Because wow. he, 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 he further explained to me. Um, so I, the relationship with them, with the family broke yeah. down because the children had assumed I was trying to take yeah, over. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Exactly. And the truth is, I was because I realized that <laughs> but it wasn't intentional. What, what the son had calculated was his dad was worth 6 million. 
So he had calculated that when the dad passes away, this son will get 2 million, the other brother gets 2 million, the sister gets 1 million, and the mum gets a million. So he had just been lax. He wasn't doing any work. Yeah, and that's but, why the dad yeah, but managing the assets that they have. Like, I don't get that though. I ha so the son was supposed to be doing all of this, okay. but he was playing around. He was just like, I'm going to inherit all of this. And I guess the dad used me to kind of show his son that, yeah, hey, that's you don't behave. This young man with the funny hair and tight jeans is going to come and take over everything <laughs> that I've been working hard for. So the religion, how you know? old were you then, though? Oh, gosh. Um, so I'm 33 now. Um, so six years ago, 20-something. Oh, this only happened six years ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I fell into service accommodation 2013, 2014 or so. So, yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience because yeah. when they took everything back from me, it kind of deflated me again because it was just like my recruitment business yeah i said oh god here we go again i've just made all this money and then now it's disappeared from me again but it sent me crazy and this is a sign of an entrepreneur you see an opportunity and you take it and you take it yeah. so i got on the phone to every agent possible all across the country we are doing 10x before 10x oh listen i think i created 10x i think i created it I no, you know why I'm impressed with your story? Go on. Because I found, I locked into service accommodation in about 20, 2011. So a friend yeah. of mine actually knew about service accommodation like 2009. He'd been yeah. asking me about properties and, you know, we ended up being business partners and we actually, you know, still work together. Yeah. But, you know, we kind of just started doing service accommodation. Sometimes she'd call me, she'd ask me, oh, do I have a property? And then when I got into the property space, um, I was buy going to auctions, buying, refurbishing. Yeah. That was my thing. But you know, the thing with buying and refurbishing and putting and flipping basically is that you yeah. have the highs and you have the lows. Absolutely. When you're in a deal, you have no money. There's no, so there's, like, yeah, there's no like cash. Completely cash strapped. Yeah. So I was like, there has to be a different way. So I then came across an estate agent and then um, he told me how much uh, property was in like central London and mm -hmm. it was like 2,000 pounds. And I knew already how much service accommodation was going yep. And it was like, this is so ridiculous. That's how I found, found out about rent to rent. Because I just asked him, I said, you know what? I'll take the property off you as a long let. Don't worry mm -hmm. about it. I'll be he was okay. like, oh, what do you, I said, I'll find somebody to put in there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> At 2,000, 2,000, 2,500 a month. M meanwhile, 200, 300 pounds per night. night. Like I didn't have to be a rocket scientist. So I now went for one of these big guru trainings, one, like about four years later, and they yeah. were talking about this amazing new strategy. This new oh, strategy. This new strategy that <laughs> went to rent. And I was like, oh my God, I need to find out what this new strategy is. And then I was like, oh, you rent a property? And then you, you rent, rent it. it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I, all this time, <laughs> I could have I been genuinely thought, I genuinely thought I created the strategy. <laughs> True, I genuinely. Let me, tell, let me take you back, TJ. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> existed. Like I was in an Uber, like an Uber um, ride just about a few months ago before this lockdown. Yeah. And the guy's telling me how back in 1980 something, he rented a property of someone and was renting it as, <laughs> because service accommodation has always existed. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Airbnb is a disruptor. They yes. came and they really like, I'm pre-Airbnb. Like mm -hmm. we had home away, we had, yeah, yeah, random companies. People don't yeah. know about house trip nine flat. That's how you know who the whole old school people are. All these I know, really do. gurus, they're like, Oh, yeah, Airbnb and booking.com. Yeah. I'm like, Are you yeah. serious? Do you know, I didn't even realize there was booking.com for a long time. Me too, me too, me too. <laughs> I've only jumped on booking.com in the last three odd years because yeah. I'll tell you why it was crazy. <laughs> All I knew was. 
there were these OTAs, these platforms, I could put my property on exactly. and then they pay me. Then one day, one person who ended up becoming one of my business partners said, oh, I've discovered booking.com. And I said, okay, I'll check it out. So I called booking.com. I said, how does it work? They said, don't worry. All, we, all you've got to do is sign this form and send it back. I said, what's the form? They said, it's a direct debit form. I said, how does that make sense? <laughs> you want to take money from me, whereas everyone else is giving me money. And I scrapped the whole idea. You did? But, yeah. I, I didn't end up using them for another year or two. Yeah. before Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been <laughs> an interesting thing. is geared towards hotels. And actually, we struggled when we put, because we by this point, we're used to home away, all these different companies and you, geared up for service accommodation. Absolutely. Booking.com, we didn't get this. They, they, they clearly didn't get it for a long time. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not sure they 100% do, but the bookings yeah, come in, though. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the bookings they do get the bookings mm -hmm. but anyway so so basically you end up now in this sort of calling all these estate agents and that's the point yes. i was getting to that you were amazing because you just took it and you ran yes so. i literally called every agent i could come across the thing is because remember i thought i created the strategy at this point i thought hold on no one knows about this this man just happened to give me some properties but no one else in the world is going to do this Absolutely. so i called every agent but i didn't know what it was called I only find out years later, it's called service accommodation. So I'm saying, hi, I want to rent your property. I'm going to sublet it. Do, do, do you want, I didn't know what, what to say. I'm Airbnb in it. I'm subletting. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah. Hanging up. But it yeah. took a year later. And then people started calling me back saying, hold on one second. Hi, TJ. I know you called us last year. You were talking about this property in Waterloo. Um, I've spoken to the landlord. He now understands the concept. Do you want it? And I was like, huh? What? Okay. And then from there, I literally took on properties all across the country, Manchester, Birmingham, wow. Liverpool, London. But it takes, this is what I say to most people. It takes spotting an opportunity. Everyone can spot, a, spot an yeah, opportunity, for sure. but most people don't take, they don't jump. Yeah, they, don't they don't jump. Action. Yeah. So it's people where they are. You see, I think, and that's the difference between sort of that killer thing that you have clearly. I do have a bit of my own entrepreneurial thing, but you know me, I was just happy with the, or oh, have my few properties. Because you know what I used to say? I used to say with five properties, in fact, I was going to set up this whole course called How You Can Retire on Five Properties. Because literally, it was like, five properties, you can retire with, uh, with yeah. rent to SA. It's just yeah. like the strategy really works until it doesn't. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. Until it doesn't. And it. And, and then it, like, it does Absolutely. like... <laughs> oh, so, I've had so many... Yeah, please, feel free to no, ask me no, the question. So, I'll tell you. So the question that I was going to ask you, you know, I'm kind of jumping all over because we're just going with it, but yeah. how have you coped during this lockdown? Because for me, you know, I had seven properties. I was happy with the cash flow from them. You know, it was just kind of sustaining the side mm -hmm. thing. So managing that was like, you know, you know, they announced the lockdown March 14th. I just saw the writing on the wall. I was like, ah, oh, done. By this point, I'd already started trying to put some properties on the market okay. to, you know, to kind of mitigate against the losses. But how have you coped? It's been, I've had some super losses, even in service accommodation, but generally in business. I would say this has been one of the most difficult mm -hmm. because when you make a mistake and it's by your own hands, you've made the mistake, you mm -hmm. can kind of rectify what needed to be done. But with this, it kind of hit everyone sideways. So we couldn't prepare for it as much as we should have. Um, we did a number of things. Some of the gurus don't, don't agree with me, but I had to do what I had to do. So I didn't pay rent to some of my landlords by through communication. That's very important yeah. through communication. It's high. You can see there's an issue going on. Yeah. I've never delayed or defaulted on rent. 
can we yes can we find a middle ground there were some landlords i would say about six or seven landlords that we pay half their rent so at least they could cover their mortgage there were some of them that we went to them and this was a very interesting idea that one of my team that came up with for some of our units we had paid deposits so we said okay look you've been holding our deposits for one year two years three years is it possible to get that deposit out use that to pay you for rent for this period of time just to buy us and we had a handful of landlords that came back we had three landlords out of 40 odd properties that said nope we're not having it you know what if you don't pay you're getting out and i'm like do you know what thank you very much for doing that because your property probably wasn't even working for us anyway yeah. but this opportunity has lost us a lot of money but at the same time i'm not bowing out of it because if you're in the business this is the one thing i spend more time explaining to people You've got to be as excited about the downs as the wins. How dare you expect to, to have wins every single day? You celebrate the wins, but when the downs are down, you then back out. Like, then, I'm out. Yeah. Where's the lesson? Because we only learn during these periods. I've learned so much about myself as a leader. I've learned so much about as an employer. I've learned so much as a business person just in this period that I would never have learned. Have known, yeah. So I had the opportunity to furlough my staff. I said, absolutely not. I've taken money out of my pocket to pay my staff. I've taken everything to just show them that, look, you know what? You guys kind of come first. They're going to listen to this and they know some of them know I dislike them. I'm joking. I love you guys. But it, it showed me so much about myself. We had properties that weren't making us real money. Yeah. And we've had to analyze and yeah. say, do you know what? This unit wasn't really working for us. Get rid of it. We've looked at our linen costs, what we're paying on linen and said, do you know what? We need to half that. Otherwise, we can't use this company. But these are things we've been doing for three, four years that we never analyzed but we've had to do it. We've had to cut our losses and say, look, yeah. let's go. I'm excited for the boom. I'm excited when the market picks back up. I'm, I'm optimistic. Said, yeah. I'm very optimistic. And I think there's, a, there's an incredible opportunity for every single person who gets in, just like the stock market. Yeah. You don't want to get into the stock market or get into an investment when it's rallied and it's already high. Yeah. You're looking for that one opportunity for something to happen. You already know it's, re it, it, it's at this price. Once it falls, you jump in and that's exactly how I see it right now. And that's why I think a lot of people will, the people that stayed in it, they're going to benefit significantly. Yeah, for sure. Because in fact, what I was, I was discussing this once with someone and I was saying, if you think about it in terms of social distancing, getting your own unit makes more sense than going to a yes, hotel. Absolutely. So most people. So once it bounces back and people start feeling comfortable to travel, actually there's going to be a high demand on service accommodation. There's going to be a significantly high demand. Think about this. Number one, before hotels get back into full swing, they're going to have to spend more time, put more procedures in place. Whereas we're still kind of yeah. under-regulated. We're already, <laughs> we're ready already, we're ready to go, yeah. ready to go. And th this is the part that I spend more time because there are naysayers, there are haters and say, Oh my God, service accommodation is dead. Well, in fact, nothing is dead because I guess, guess what's going to happen. Hotels are going to make a bounce back. The government is never going to allow the hospitality and the tourism industry yeah, to go to, to disappear. They bring in over a hundred billion, I think, into the into the economy. Where's it going? Yeah. It's not going anywhere. And we're just a byproduct of an entire hundred billion pound industry. Yeah. We're here to stay. We're here to enjoy it and we're here to and here to make and, that essay money. And it's funny because I up to before COVID nineteen hit, I thought what was going to cripple the the um, service accommodation industry was going to be regulation, that there was going to be a heightened regulation mm -hmm. against operators yeah. that was going to freeze the market. 
actually, we couldn't have seen this coming. No. And I always say this, you know how, um, how back in the, in the previous um, um, Great Depression, where one of these, um, I can't remember which one of the billionaires it was, who was in the stock market. And he said the day he knew to get out of the stock market was when the guy who was shining his shoes was, was also investing. Was also investing. I was asking him for stock tips. <laughs> that day he called his broker. I was like, you need to get, get, Let's get out right now. And that's just probably Warren Buffett. That was just before the Great Depression. Yeah. So in a way, service accommodation had become like this, like rent to rent had become like this beast, like 2020. Yeah. Like it was like, it was about to take off, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's like, so I find that the market corrects. It's always correct. And guess who stays? It's the people that can actually weather that storm that will stay through and then reap yeah. the benefits at the end. But and just the- like everything, but that's just like everything, everything in life. Um, it's the people who stick through and yeah. pass their exams in university that end up graduating. It's the entrepreneurs that ride the storm that end up being rewarded. You, you can never be rewarded if you don't finish the race. Now, of course, there were some people that had to bow out. I understand because financially they couldn't weather it. Yeah, and I get yeah, it. But at the same time, listen, there's only going to be a handful of people that are rewarded. And yeah. we know the people who, who they are. Yeah. And what I love, um, so I hate down t- downturns. It's a difficult time. Mm-hmm. But you know what I realize happens? Your brain is like on fire. Hey, hey. <laughs> okay, one second. Sorry. What? So on? you're constantly, because you are, now you're in survival mode. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was a really good point you, you, you were saying. So I think the whole thing with you being in that sort of survival mode and you needing to, to just think up different strategies. So it helps you actually reevaluate everything that you're doing, yeah. right? And reevaluate yeah. your business, reevaluate, you know, where you are. And, you know, that, and that's why they say millionaires are really made in recessions, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Because, you know, first of all, there's so many opportunities if you can get your ha- head out of the difficulty, Yep. you know. Do you know so, what's interesting? You say that actually. So just some reading that I've done on that, you mentioned millionaires are made or billionaires are made mm-hmm. in the depths of a recession. And it's actually the thing that causes people to back away that they also utilize. And that's fear. Yeah. As you just mentioned a second ago, when, when you're in that sort of environment, your brain fires up, it opens all cylinders and it's looking for a way to survive. And the entrepreneurs, we use that to fuel us. Mm-hmm. Whereas the normal person says, oh my God, I'm scared. Let me retreat. So your brain is open. Yeah, go on. It's interesting. I think we all recoil. We all normal, yes, 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 like shock, and you all recoil. But then some people stay in that place, yeah, as opposed to stepping it up and just absolutely. I need to make it work, (laughs) you know. And that's the difference. I think that's the difference. It is. But yeah, great. So, so in terms of, okay, so now what are your plans for post lockdown? So mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts about how you'll take the business forward? How mm-hmm. you're going to sort of revamp? Because this is your space. So you yes. can't just kind of bow as I'm like, okay, well. It's hey, good all right, guys, I, I would feel guilty if I ran off as well, because I've brought so many people into this space as yes. well. Um, so people are looking up to me and messaging me, hey, TJ, what should I do? And I'm like, yo, listen, we're all in this race together. I'm still figuring it out. But again, um, looking at cost that's the one thing every single person should look at we've probably saved an additional ten thousand pound a month going forward um because we've been able to remove units that weren't profitable um we had some some we used to call them secret units which is nothing (laughs) special but we took on three or four units that were never occupied but we had them because of our strategy which is a matter of we actively market to corporate companies 
Okay. So Barclays, HSBC, and if you're pestering these big companies saying, hey, stop using the hotels, try us out. And then yeah. they give you one shot and they say, okay, hi, TJ, listen, we, we need two accommodation for our, for our executives. And then you say, oh, well, I don't have any available. Then you've lost that opportunity. Yes, so have. we've got these secret units that are not secret, yeah. um, but we have them there for Just when we market. When you actually yes. lose it. So we don't lose so that. So you scrapped that. <laughs> we've completely scrapped it. Those are um, good time. Those are good time strategies. Absolutely. Right now, we'll be okay. If they come to us and we don't have the availability, we'll pass them on to a mentee or to someone else. Um, what else are we doing? Um, renegotiating on every single one of our rents. Wow. Renegotiating on wow. every single one of our rents. Some of our contracts even say, oh, after your initial 12 months, then the rent goes up. Or Yeah. Yeah. And, and we were happy because in good times, We'll be like, okay, we can afford for the landlord to get an extra £10 on his rent, which adds up to an extra £120 a year. But now, not going to happen. We've started a process of renegotiating. And um, I'm also seeing that agents, landlords and developers are in a desperate space at the moment. Some of my mentees are putting in offers right now. We just put in an offer on something that was 1450 and we've got that for 1100 um, we've got another unit that was 1,500 and the landlord is considering 900 pounds. So these are the things now, and it's made us more brazen because we're now having to stress test to the 10th degree to yeah. make sure if anything like this happens again, then at least we're protected. Yes. So it knows if we've got to drop our price down to the base level then we've already put a system in place right now. You can't play the game we were playing years ago. I never negotiated on any rent previously. No, I even paid more. So there was a yeah, flat, <laughs> there was a flat that was like early last year, stunning yeah. flat. And I knew I'd already seen the dollar signs. And indeed it made the money. Yeah. So when they were charging, when they were saying how much I said this is like three hundred pounds more than the going rate. They were like, oh, Yeah, no. but the landlord I was like, it's okay. <laughs> That's one of the flats I had to go <laughs> because there was nowhere to do it. I couldn't rent it to I couldn't like repurpose it. You yes, know, yes. Like it's, it's because nobody's going to pay the amount. So I could okay. either go back and renegotiate with the landlord, who the landlord already was already like, you know, I don't need to, you know, some of these flats, the landlords don't actually need to rent them out. Yeah, of course not. It's probably easier to leave them empty. Exactly. So for him, it's like, I like get this rent or it's empty. Or up, yeah. It's neither here nor there. So, you know, really, that's a good point you make about renegotiating all of your yeah. rent you know, going forward, because that then puts you in a good position for when the market does bounce. Absolutely. Up. Absolutely. Yeah. So I um, guess my own thing going forward is whether we have this sort of COVID-24 or covid mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like we don't mm-hmm. know if something like this is going to happen. You're so right. we really need to protect ourselves against the downside risk of running this type of business. I think a lot of people need to focus and get a better understanding of business. Um, Understand that, yes, you've got to pay yourself, but having a cash reserve, again, that's something that's helped us kind of flow as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm extremely tight. My my staff, my employees would say so. The only time they ever get a bonus or a treat is Christmas. Don't talk to me about anything anything. um, otherwise, but that's really helped us as well. So we've been able to have some cash, which has helped us pay some rent. Mm -hmm. Landlords that haven't been willing to to help us out during this period, we've we've had to pay it. So again, I think everyone needs to create a strategy that works for them. Don't get too greedy. This is something I've been saying to people for a long time. People come to some of my seminars and they hear about service accommodation. They don't pay for any training or mentoring, but they've got the idea. So they think, oh my God, it's really simple. It's really easy. And conceptually, it is. Conceptually, rent a property, put it on Airbnb, but that's not it. 
There's yeah. an entire system in between. Oh, a bunch of things, yeah. Parties, escorts, prostitutes, oh fights, stabbings. Stab <laughs> <laughs> you see the point? I know for sure you've gotten hit by those guys. So I oh, now have their yeah. profile. Yes. And at some point they were very stealth, right? Where they would just come in. There was one that got his uncle to book the property because oh, I was already looking out for their profile, right? He got his uncle. And then when they showed up, <laughs> I was like, no, you're not staying in this yeah, property. It's not happening. Yeah. yeah. So again, experienced people like you and I, we can kind of prejudge. We can kind of tell a lot quicker than a newbie. Yeah. And I guess that's what experience is for. And I guess that's what we kind of teach people to yeah. look out for. Yeah. Um, but again, yes, is service accommodation a great investment? In my opinion, absolutely. I absolutely. And I, I'm so. No, 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 please go. Yeah. So, so when I thought about the numbers, at some point, I actually thought, why even buy a house again? Like, Seriously, if you're looking at a cash flow strategy, like service accommodation is ridiculous. And when you think about it, like, you know, I, there was a property I was given an example when I was showing, going through one of the webinars, where this property, to own this property, actually the property got sold in November. The neighbors, the property that I, I was um, controlling, yeah. sold it for a million pounds, right? Just over a million pounds. But I was controlling this property. I got into that property with 10,000 pounds. Yeah. So that's, that's 1%. <laughs> that's one percent yes. yes of the actual value of the property yeah, yeah. but i'm making the exact same amount as if i had spent the one million pounds so so I, I i give this example um when i'm speaking to people think about this if you're in london and you want to buy a property as a traditional buy-to-let landlord let's just say you find a property that's three hundred thousand. you'll be lucky you find a three pound property yeah. as a buy-to-let landlord you put down 25 percent, which means seventy-five thousand pounds yeah. and you generate one thousand pound a month yeah. let's just say as landlords we generate one thousand pound a month what about ground rent what about mortgage what about building insurance what about agency fees but let's just say we make one thousand pound a month on 75k investment however you took that same 75k and you rented X amount of properties. That's crazy. So the, the, one of the reasons why I love the strategy is because I can boldly say that I believe quite frankly, anyone can mm -hmm. generate an income yeah. without putting down a lot of money. A lot of money, yeah. And, and that's why I like it. And it's about your goals as well. You see, my own goal was just to live an okay life. So I was okay yeah. with my seven. They were doing me good, yeah. you know? I know some people that wanted to scale up, they went up to the 60, 70. Why not? Do you understand? Yes. It's all about the goals you have in life. Yeah. So I'm property mom. I'm all about mom. I want to be mom. I want to be there with the kids. I want yes. to, you know. So, but you have done in such a way where you've hired people, you're, you're an employer of people, you're, you yeah. know, you're doing, you're like giving back as well. So, yeah. you know, it's really about the strategies and what you want to do. But what I love about it is it afford, it meets everybody at their own level. Absolutely. I want to do it simple. I do it simple. You want to do it complex. You want to do, do it like complex. Yeah, it. it's entirely up to you. But the reason why that's possible is because there's so many properties available or suitable yeah. for this purpose. Yeah. So it's not, there's no shortfall. It's just how aggressive you want to be. And yeah. as, as you, as you rightfully said, what's your goal? So yeah. for me, I had to form a team because I decided two years ago that I was going to travel every single month until wow. COVID hit. And I've been keeping that up, traveling <laughs> to a different country every single month, Barbados, Jamaica, Republic, Mexico. But Uncle COVID came and sport the whole plan. So speaking of, <laughs> yes. what the heck happened? Like I saw this whole thing about you almost getting kidnapped and then like, like, like you were chasing some diamond mines. Yeah, like, well, you don't enough money from rent to rent. You listen, need to go. I'm no, this, you know what? This was, this, was, this was when I was running my recruitment company, actually. Ah, oh. This was it. So, yes, 
okay. yeah this is way back i got excited i started making a lot of money i thought oh my god i've got to find a way to flip this money how do i turn this money i'm generating into 10 times and i i assume that's how you could become a multimillionaire or a billionaire that you've got to yeah. take something that's working so well take out the cash and go and dump it somewhere <laughs> yeah i went to cerulean <laughs> <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I went to Sierra Leone to go and buy diamonds and it was a whole scam. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so embarrassing. But again, I, I, I realized, and I think I was talking to someone about this um, ambition can cause you to be blind. Yeah. Um, and, and most of the times when we make mistakes as entrepreneurs, it's because of just blind ambition. But also, yeah. it's a gift and a curse. My ambition is what's making me money. My yeah. ambition is what's turned me into, into an employer. My ambition is what allows me to live my life. But also my ambition is what would take, make me take every single penny I have sure. and put it into That's something without knowing what's going to happen yeah. on the other side. So, yeah. It's, a, it's a blessing and a curse, isn't it? So, yes, it but it works. Yeah, it you know, at the it end is. of the day, it's all about harnessing that ambition. Absolutely. And purposing it in the right direction. That's Agreed. all about it. That's all Agreed. it's about. Agreed. Agreed. Good. And then the other thing that was very amusing was the story you said about an estate agent, literally, I'd never heard that story before. Oh, yes. Moving into a Absolutely. property that he Absolutely. was managing. Yes, so I bought a property in Catford, brand new property, well, not brand new, but um, still new build. I bought a new build and I gave it to two estate agents. I said, hey, listen, I just need this place filled. Gave them both keys to do viewings, whatever the case. And then um, one day I find out that someone's got, one of the agents called me and said, hey, I've just gone into your property and clearly you've accepted a tenant. Why didn't you tell me? Because it's embarrassing that I took my own tenant in there. And I was like, I haven't accepted anyone. I've been told that I've got a potential tenant who's supposed to come in at the end of the month. And he said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't have to lie to us. Well, either way, you should have just told us. So I drove down to the property, walked in, and the place is a tip. Remember, this is a brand new property, empty. Only I've only bought two brand new beds in there and uh, a TV. I walked in and there's stuff everywhere. There are letters everywhere. There's clothes everywhere. There's a new mattress. I'm like, what the heck is going on? I'm panicking, thinking squatters' rights. I'm thinking, what's my, who's in here? Have I now broken the law of going into my own property? And what's going to happen if this person turns out? Am I going to get in a fight? Am I going to get killed here? And then I called the other agent and I said, hey, listen, what's going on? Somebody has moved into our property. And he said, oh, okay, I'm on the way. I said, no, what the heck is going what's on? on? He, he said, look, I'll tell you the truth. I fell on hard times. So I moved my family into <laughs> your property. <laughs> I think I've got the actual video. He said, I moved my family into your property um, until we sort ourselves out. And I said, that doesn't ever make any sense. That never makes any and sense. And his argument was, I had told him that I was happy to leave the place empty for one month until mm -hmm. the new tenant comes in. So we said, well, if you were gonna leave the place empty for one month, then you wouldn't mind. But yeah, we got into a fight yeah. and um, he ended up paying me for the seven, eight days that he had been there. Yeah, been also, he was planning to just go under the radar and then- Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was planning, as I said, I met his daughter um, because I said to him, you need to get up now and you need to get all your stuff out. But before you get your stuff out, you've got to pay me. And he said, well, how's he supposed to find the money? I said, well, I'm just going to sell all your stuff. Because you literally moved everything in. I'm talking about his CD players. He's everything. So, yeah, he paid me 1000 something. He got out. He called his daughter to come and help him move out. And I'm looking at the daughter, fully able-bodied woman. And I'm saying, are why you me this? Yeah, why are you even encouraging this man? Why are you living in someone's house when you know this is someone's house? And then, yeah, he got out. 
I did say I was going to report yeah. into like the estate agency, <laughs> blah, blah, but I left. But you know, you'll never do anything about it, right? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't bother. I just like, you know what? Yeah. And I said to him, genuinely, if you had said to me, you would fall in on hard times because I found all the documentation. I found a letter, I think from NetWest or whoever saying your house is going to be repossessed. So if you had told me, hey, look, I've got this person, they're coming in end of the month. Here's the contract, sign your part of it. Yeah. Can I stay in your property for a few days? Me being me, I know for a fact I would have said no yeah. problem at all. Yeah. The property's empty. I wasn't going to earn from it. But he doesn't know that, you see. And that's the interesting thing, isn't it? That sometimes that's why people do these things under the radar is because yeah. they don't know that ultimately the person that they're talking to is a human it's being. It's reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, that's just, that's hilarious. Yeah, it was. But, but then moving on to, let's kind of take it back a bit to before you got into property. So mm -hmm. you said you had had your own recruitment um, yes. business. Mm -hmm. And now one of the questions I wanted to ask, because you're obviously an uh, like an entrepreneur type, you're an extrovert, at least, the way you come across. I'm, uh, not very, okay. I'm, I'm a mix, but go on. Mix. Okay. Now, what about somebody who wants to get into property? Because a lot of property requires networking. You know, I always say if you don't have the funds and you have to meet the people and, you know, convince the people that yeah, have yeah. the funds to either trust the funds with you for a joint venture or yeah. they need to trust you with their property, whatever be the case, you need to build that rapport. Yeah. So, how about somebody who's maybe a bit shy, who's not as you know, extroverted, like doing the vid YouTube videos that have been out there. How is that person supposed to cope in this sort of new normal where everybody's supposed to be like a Kim Kardashian in a sense? You know, right? you're actually right. Really good question. Um, I think you've got to recognize who you are. I think that's really important. Not everyone's going to be able to do a YouTube video. Not everyone's going to be able to put themselves out there. But you've also got to understand that that's where the money is. Yeah. No one is actually going to find you to give you money, regardless of your faith. So you can pray as much as you want, but God, God is going to say, I created networking events for you to go to the networking events. So you're going to have to find a way. One thing that I started to teach some of my quieter mentees is mm -hmm. Facebook advertising. Mm -hmm. That by itself has helped a number of them okay. reach more people, sell more deals, um, network with people. Because Facebook advertising is a way for you to do an ebook, create a small video within your own comfort mm -hmm. and get people to come to you. But alternatively, the long-term goal is you've got to put yourself out there yeah. more. Yeah. You don't have to do all the wild, crazy videos that I do or someone else does. Just stay in your lane. But yeah. money is at the other end of social media and you've got to get with that. You have to get with it. It's true. Absolutely. It's like the new, it's the new market in a sense. It's like, yes, if it is. If you want to stay out of it, then yeah, be on your own lane. But it's you. Yeah, it's up to you. It definitely yeah. limits your growth. And I, that's what I've been, it's kind of like what I've been saying. So with the strategies, I came up with this 14 different ways you can make. And how did I find those 14 different ways? It was because of the difficult times in property. When I'm there, you know, I'm in a project. Somebody's not, you know, somebody, I'm waiting for somebody to buy a property. Yeah you know, it's fallen through my cash flow is just like, eh, and I'm like, how else do you make money in this business? Yeah. Right. But every single one of them requires that you're out there, either yeah. meeting people, talking to people that, you know, you kind of have to be out there in your own way. So in your own way, yeah, you're yeah right. in your own way. Absolutely. So the point you made about staying in your lane, but also needing to adopt new technology and keeping up with the times, it's very important. Yeah, it? absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. Really good and question. then the other thing as well is understanding where you are planning to take your business like mm -hmm. so where do you where do you once we come out of all of this where do you see your business going like what do you what plans do you have for your business really interesting um january mm -hmm. i was planning to sell my service accommodation portfolio 
Wow. Yeah, so not even January, November last year, up until January, I was in talks with people to buy my portfolio, which for me would have been really interesting because it was a weird concept. I'm actually selling on properties that I don't own, but I'm selling a business within. So it was really tricky. And I've had, I've had some very reasonable offers um, to the point that I was planning to move to Atlanta. I was actually planning to move to Atlanta um, and then Atlanta I decided not to, went over there and I was like, nah, this is not going to happen. So I decided yeah. to travel the world. So I wanted to sell so I could travel the world. Yeah. And some, some of my staff said, look, let's not sell because if I sold, they would now be unemployed. So they all came together. Three of them came together with their spouses and they put a presentation in the office. They said, TJ, listen to this presentation. And I'm already laughing because I don't take them serious because I'm like, <laughs> I thought they were going to mock me, like how I give presentation. And they actually put together a presentation to say that they would take 20 of the properties and they would pay me back over time. And I was like, I would rather do that for you guys any day than actually sell it. Yeah. Um, so I guess that is going to be revisited later. But yeah, I was going to sell my portfolio and just yeah. travel the world and say, That's oh my God. the timing if you had sold it in November. Yeah, but I'll be laughing at everyone. I'll be like, ha ha. I'll be late. So yeah, um, as I said, everything oh, wow. happens for everything happens yeah, for a reason. Yeah, fair um, and I, I guess it makes me a better mentor. Yeah. makes me a no, better coach um, yeah. because I can, I can tell people yeah, what's yeah. happening with us and I can direct them in a better, well, direct yeah. them better. And you know what's interesting? Because I've always said, one of the times it was a difficult day for me. I said, so what do you expect? Like business, you got into business. You know, I got into business in the last recession, right? Yeah. And I pretty much just rode that, that, that upward you curve dream, all the way. Yeah. So I was like, at what point in your business did you think you were going to have a downturn? Like, yeah. at what point? <laughs> that's a really, that's you know? a really good point. It I is. It's so important that people don't... Smart entrepreneurs anticipate that at one point in your life, yes. there's got to be a downturn. There, there has to be. It has to. It's just... It's everything cyclical. So at one point, it's got to hit you. So yeah. I don't know why people get so oh my god I like I'm like I get it like naturally because that's how we're defined you're going to be in shock but you should have expected yeah that's why you've got to be able to prepare for it so yeah. I talk about um being able to see the future mm -hmm. and that's the power of having a mentor so I always give this example of imagine you were walking around the, you were walking in a dark night and you're about to walk around a corner and there was an arm robber or someone with a knife waiting to mug you but if you had a mentor, the mentor's job is to have gone before you. So that mentor will be able to say, hey, don't take a left because this is going on there. Don't yeah. take that right because there are people who are going to mug you That's over the there. That's so important yeah. to have someone who's already been there, done it, and most of the time still in it. Because yeah. we can guide you as far as we've gone. And it's yeah. still going to be 10 miles ahead of where you currently are. Mm -hmm. So when people argue with me about mentoring, I spend a lot of my time battling online trolls saying, don't charge people for mentoring. Number one, I stand by charging people for mentoring because when you pay, as Lisa Nichols says, you pay attention. Yeah. I could give someone my entire training program for free, but guess yeah. what's going to happen? You're unlikely to do not, anything. Yes. Then you don't have skin in the game. Yes. Simple as simple. Yeah. And also you're leveraging my experience. What about all the money I've lost in service accommodation? What about all the failures I've made? What about all the staff that have been crying nights when I've been crying and we're yeah. all crying together saying, how oh, am I going to pay my bills? But there has to be a trade-off. And, trade and in a sense, when you get a mentor, it's helping you. So, you know, when they say you're standing on giants, yes. giant, it's kind of getting you that next level. So you kind Absolutely. of avoid all of all that drama that we 
went through so I look back and yeah I enjoy my journey I you know I can't even but I often think if I'd gotten a mentor there's many things I would have avoided yeah. along the way absolutely I'll give absolutely. an example before I realized how to repurpose a, a, a property like how you could go into a property re, remodel that property and then um remortgage it yes I used to just see properties and say oh it's a one bed oh okay I'll just buy it as a one I'll bed and then put you on the market. Like yeah. that's what my concept of flipping and you've missed was. out on. If you calculate how much you've missed out on, yeah. Well, thank God it was on my like third deal that I discovered this <laughs> just by overhearing somebody else when I was walking around and they were talking about what their plans were going to be. And I was like, oh, that's the thing. So you're telling me you could take a one bed, turn into a two bed, sell it as a two bed. Wait one second. Oh my God, that's the thing. <laughs> and honestly, that was like a game changing moment for me. It was like, this is a thing. And you know what you said about you don't know what you don't know. You really don't. <laughs> like, if you have no concept that you could do that, you don't. It's out of your parameters. It's yeah, out it's of your, of your, of your thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that's the important thing about mentors is that a mentor would have just said, oh, look, no, don't, don't buy that. Buy something else. Use your money more yeah. wisely. Wisely. And, you know, adopt this um, new yeah. strategy or this existing strategy. And, or, you know, or your mentor would have said, this is going to happen when you buy it. Your yeah. solicitor is going to take forever. The revaluation might not happen as you want it to happen. Oh, yeah. The ability to manage expectations. To manage expectations. A, yeah. Thank you. That's true. It's very true. That, so, yeah. Because sometimes did, when you get into business, right, it goes well the first time. So the first two few flips I did, they went through quite quickly. Yeah. Then, you know, so now when I'm mentoring somebody, I can say, well, you know, we'll have a few good flips, but then yeah. those flips are just calm down. Yeah. Calm down, be in place, you know. So, but yeah, it's <laughs> business is tough. Business yeah. is tough for the faint heart. So, so, so you said to me, what, what am I planning to do next? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So as I said, service accommodation has allowed me to buy property. Um, but more importantly, I've just, I'm starting my first ever commercial conversion. Oh. Um, but again, I don't hide it. I'm, I'm pooing myself. Um, it's a new journey for me. Yeah. But again, the fear is what's pushing me. I'm saying once I do this and I do this conversion of two houses, then once I kind of clock this, I'm moving on to bigger things. Yeah. That's why I always push people, take action, try, fail, do whatever, so that you can kind of say, I didn't die. Yeah. I kind of made it through so I can go to the next level. But yeah. we're all battling with that because our brain naturally is designed to protect us. So yeah. when you want to break out your comfort zone, your brain is saying, don't do it. Don't do it because do what, it. If, what if that happened? What if that happened? Yeah. Once you go past it, your brain then says, oh, okay, we didn't actually die. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to permit you to get to, to do a bigger one, to do a bigger development. Yeah. So that's what I'm excited about. And that's as amazing. I said, just having faith, I think is probably the most important thing. So, but it's interesting because I like the fact that your journey is taking you this way. So how much did you start to get in? Because this is the whole point I'm saying about people getting Good question. How much did you get start to get even into service accommodation at the beginning? Okay. So one of, okay. My first landlord that gave me an opportunity was, I don't know if you know this area, um, Old Kent Road. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. So it was a block of flats, um, council estate in Old Kent Road. The landlord had two properties. I took on a job as his cleaner. Mm -hmm. So that means I had no money. I said, listen, I haven't got any money. I want to rent your property because remember, I didn't know what I was saying. I took on a job as his cleaner in exchange for me to rent his property. That's how I actually made, I would say the first 1000 pound or so in oh. service accommodation. Yeah, so a guy called, um, surname was Raman. I can't remember his first name now. Um, but he said, look, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, if you paint the property, the boiler doesn't work. Number, it was a rubbish property. Um, the boiler doesn't work. It was so embarrassing that I was too embarrassed to meet my guest 
to check in. So that's how I discovered about the lockbox. So when you're searching for something, yes. I said, what am I going to do? This man's given me an opportunity. I get to clean his house. But he said, if I paint the property, then I can rent that property and then I can pay him a month later. So I don't want to let the opportunity go. So I took on the property and I'm saying, if a guest meets me here, they're going to walk around the house and say, this place is not nice. And I'm going to have to face them and be embarrassed. So I discovered that you could buy a lockbox um, and I drilled one into the wall. Yeah, they can complain to the They can complain You're complaining, but you can't do that now. But if I, if I could show you just on my phone, I don't know if you can see it. So my phone, if you can see just there, Okay. Do not disturb sign. So since I think four years now or three years now, I cannot hear my phone ring. I think I've got some form of PTSD yes, because when you do everything yourself, yeah. so from people complaining, yes. 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 So now You're always phone, I'm jumpy. I'm, yes. Your yes. phone rings. You're like, oh God, yes. this is it. Yes. Absolutely. What is it? So I remember the time where I knew I had to start hiring staff and it was a very funny incident. I would daydream. So I was, in, I was asleep, but I was, because you start panicking saying, hold on, is someone supposed to be checking in? Has this yes, person checked out? Yes. What's going on here? And then I remember <laughs> laughing to myself saying, TJ, don't worry, this is 4 a.m. No one's coming. And then I rolled off my bed and fell on the floor. And I was like, okay, you need no, to need find to. a channel. And remember, I didn't know what channel managers were at that yeah, moment. At the time, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I was using pure Excel spreadsheet yeah. through Dropbox. And I, so when I fell off and I, I stayed on the floor laughing, saying something needs to change. Yeah. You, I'm not getting any sleep. I'm nervous. Has the guest, because you will get it and people will get it. Guests lock themselves out. They go clubbing. It's 3 a.m. Hello. Hi. Sorry, I've lost the key. What do you want me to do? But again, now I realize over time that customer service isn't my strong point. You can't do everything in your business. Yes, you That's why I had to hire out because someone might call me. Hi, TJ. Sorry. Yeah, it's 3 a.m. and we're lost. And I'm like, bro, I'm in bed. Yes. <laughs> so again, you realize over time, yeah. yeah, I can't do everything in my business. And that forced me to grow. And that's the key thing about business anyways, that you have to outsource these things. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, because you can't be a jack of all trades, things fall over. So, and I always have to tell this to myself because I have that natural tendency as well to want to do everything myself. But actually, when you know hire people, they end up being better than you at that thing. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what they're skilled to do, right? So... But it's just a mindset as always. It's well, a I, mindset. Guess, I, I guess, again, it comes from a scarcity place where you want to keep as much money as possible. Yes. But the reality is you're actually losing money. If you, if you calculate the amount of times, as I said, I would jump on a bus with a rucksack to go and clean an apartment. So I wanted to keep every penny. I cleaned up until we got to about 15 or 20 properties. That's I cleaned. Crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> Traveling from Old Cat Road to Elephant and Castle to Maidaville to Waterloo oh. to Peckham Road. My back still hurts up until today. I bought two camping rucksacks from eBay, stuffed it with linen. No, but it's disgusting to me. It is. It is. And we, it really, uh, is. we need to get out of that place. Because yes. I know when I started, I had it for sure. But over time, you now realize, well, you've made so much. Like, I don't understand. Like, just give. So at some point, it was actually now I tipped over to the other end. It was like, you know what? Anything that can be outsourced, let's just. Oh, have. okay. No, so they got you. Yeah, they've got you. Da, da, da. I'm well, still... The industry has changed a lot, hasn't it? Like, there's, there's an app and there's a person for everything now it's, yes absolutely yeah. Yes. So, life is easier now yes it's a lot easier yes. but yeah but it's been great kind of knowing about your journey Thank and you so hearing where you're going and now you're going into property so this is the point i was trying to make is that you can start with something small you know you're starting yeah. from like 
really at the bottom, getting yes. the first rent to rent, climbing all the way, hard work. And now yeah. you're getting into property investing. And that's yeah. my, whole, my whole point. Yeah. But you can start with zero and get into property. Like you yeah. don't have to have that big deposit to get into, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people online, they say, well, rent to rent and rent to service accommodation. Oh, you're not a real landlord. You're not a real property investor. And you know what? Who cares what the title is? The fact is, I'm... This is why I, I love teaching people this specific mm -hmm. strategy. It's not about how much money you're going to make. It's about broadening your horizons. Yes. Most people don't even know that they can even generate money from property. From property. They don't know that it's possible to, yes. to actually get into it. So if rent to rent allows you to whet your appetite and say, hold on one second, yeah. I can make some money here and you make some money, then you build up on it. You get your first buy to let, you get yeah. your second one, you go on to development. All that's happened is, rent to rent or service yeah. brought you in yes and that's it. And you, i would say that property is a long game so you know yes it is yeah. it is a long game so you start and the same people it's funny the same person you got your rent to rent your first rent to rent from can end up being your joint venture partner absolutely yes that you yeah. built so it's really property it's you know it's really people and property they go hand in hand absolutely you know, it's really about absolutely. People. so and that's the amazing thing about your story is that you started off from there. Now you're going into commercial development. Yes, yes, yes. So you're going to turn it from like a, just like a commercial unit. Yeah, so from an, from an yes. office into two okay. four bed, four bed houses. Fantastic. Yeah, so I'm scared, but London yeah, we've got to do it. It's got to be Where done. is it going to be? Like Dartford. Sorry? Dartford. But, oh, amazing. Amazing. Well, all the best. For Thank sure. you so much. Thank you so Keep much. Thank you for having me. And watching it and definitely looking forward to having you on the show again. In the yes, news. 100%. I loved it. Thank you so much. That was truly inspiring. And I love how TJ brings business to life and how through his experiences, he's forged a stronger path for himself and the people around him. Well done to him for all he's achieved. And all this is to let you know that you can do it too. TJ started young and through tenacity and believing in himself, he's built all that he has to this point. And you only need to find that one strategy that makes you get out of bed in the morning and you're on to a winner. And that's just what this whole episode is about. It's all about letting you know that you can do it too. And speaking about winning, my next episode is all about a day in the life of property mom. And it's really about talking through how it works for someone or for anyone who's looking to get into this business. And I'll be sharing the highs, the lows, and all of this is in preparation for an exciting event I'm collaborating to bring to life. So if you're a mom looking to get into property or already in property, then definitely watch this space. Now do check out my website, propertymom.co.uk and you can sign up to receive future notifications. And if you like it, do share with your colleagues, friends, family and everyone in between. And until the next episode, stay safe, build assets and let's make an impact.